Welcome to Nach Daily. Today we begin Eve Perik Aleph. There are essentially four parts to this Perik. We're first going to see about Eve's prosperity. Secondly, how the Sutton's given permission to harm Eve. Thirdly, about the tragedy that struck Eve home. And lastly, Eve's response to the tragedy. Let's now jump right in to begin Sefer Eve and discuss the first section regarding Eve's good fortune. Right away, the Sefer opens with Eve's sitkas and righteousness. Eve opens with the famous words of Ish hayah be'eretz utz Eve shmo v'ayah ish ha'hu tam v'yasher v'yirelokim v'sarmeira. There was a man in the land of Utz named Eve. He was a faultless and upright man, a man who feared God and avoided sin. Immediately, the Mephorshim are quick to explain how righteous Eve was. The Alchich notes, it says, Eve Shmo, Eve is his name, as opposed to say, Shmo Eve, his name is Eve. Putting the first name first is an accolade only given to the loftiest of tzaddikim. The Pasuk also says, Vahaya Ha'ish Ha'hu Tam V'yashar, he was a faultless and upright man. Rav Schwab explains, some people are born with naturally good tendencies. They don't struggle as much to be good. This person is called a Tam, whole and complete, while others struggle with their character flaws and need to work very hard to overcome them. This is what's called a Yashar, someone who's straight. Eve had both these traits. Not only was he born Tam, but he worked on himself even further to become a Yashar. Eve had ten children in all, seven sons and three daughters. He was fabulously wealthy. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 pairs of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a tremendous amount of food. Eve was greater than all the people of the East. On a daily basis, Eve's son would alternate days having huge feasts in their home. They would also invite their three sisters to join them. At the end of every seven days, Eve would wake up early in the morning, get his kids, and bring a korban ola, a burnt offering sacrifice for each one of his kids. Eve feared, with all the partying his kids did, maybe they sinned, took their good lifestyles for granted, and became resentful towards God. After we discuss the wealth of Eov, the stage is now set for the conversation the Satan has with Hashem. Rashi points out this conversation took place on Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Judgment. Hashem asked the Satan about his whereabouts, to which the Satan responds in verse 7, He was roaming the earth. Hashem asked the Satan, Did you see Eve? There was no one like him in the entire land. He's whole, straight, and God-fearing. Essentially, the Satan answers, Of course Eve's great. He has tremendous prosperity and no life challenges. Anyone can serve God without difficulties. Let me make him struggle and suffer, then see how good Eve is. Hashem then grants grants permission to the Satan to test Eve, but with one clause. The Satan is only allowed to control things Eve owned, but not him personally, meaning Eve's possessions, but not his physical body. So we see how the Satan asks Hashem to give him permission to test Eve. This is important. The Satan on his own couldn't test Eve. It's only when the Satan was granted permission from God, he was able to cause Eve harm. Because the Satan is not separate from Hashem. Judaism doesn't believe in like a fallen angel or the devil has free reign to harm anyone he wants. We see here it's only with the precise consent and permission from God does the Satan have the ability to inflict pain because this is the expressed will of 
of God to test Eve. The third part of the parak from Pesukim 13 through 19 relate to four tests and tragedies the Satan tested Eve with. Mind you, all this happened in one day. There are four things are, one, all Eve's cattle and donkeys were killed by the people of Sheva, which means, as we said in the beginning, that would be 1,500 animals all taken. Two, a fire came from heaven and killed all his flocks and attendants watching them. Three, all his 3,000 camels were stolen and attendants killed by the people of Kazdim. And four, last but certainly not least, while his children were partying at their older brother's home, a wind came, knocked over the house, and killed all his children. The Psukim describe how these events were told to him one after another by a messenger who escaped from each one. Immediately, when one messenger told him the bad news, another one came in and said the next piece. The Malbim notes the first three of the tests are all considered one thing because it was Eo's physical possessions, but the last one of his children dying was an entirely different realm. This is why there seems to be a pause between the third messenger and the fourth messenger. So literally, in less than one day's time, Eo's life gets completely changed and altered forever. From riches to rags would be an understatement. Now in the last part of the parak we see how Eve amazingly accepts these decrees and passes these tests. He viewed all his possessions, including his kids, as separate from himself and therefore did not complain to God about it. He says the now famous words in verse 21, Vayomer Arum Yatsati Mibetin Imi the Arum Ashu Shama Hashem Nasan Vashem Lakach Yehi Shem Hashem Vorach. He said, Naked I emerged from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. God has given and God has taken away. May the name of God be blessed. Rav Schwab notes, we see Eov used God's name of Yudke Vavke, Midas Harachimim over here, and not God's name of Elohim. This shows that Eov really did not harbor resentment towards God and accepts God's most difficult tests with perfect faith. Stay tuned to the next episode of Nach Daily. We'll move on to the second parak. If you think things couldn't get worse for Eve, we'll find out. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.